Hey, this is Pastor Hubbard. I'm the pastor of Connecting Fellowship and welcome to Life on the Ship. Thank you for joining us. I pray this sermonic discussion inspires you and empowers you to connect with the true and living God. Enjoy the message. Our speaker is no stranger at the ship. In fact, he's none other than Elder Christopher Devon, Eugene Alexander Barnes. From an early age, Chris was destined to be used in God's service. He was baptized at the age of four, a junior deacon by age 12, and licensed to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ at the age of 16. He is a proud graduate of Barbara Jordan High School and Texas A&M University, graduating with a bachelor's in business administration. Presently, he is a graduate student at Fuller Theological Seminary. However, his greatest achievement occurred in 2018 when he married his best friend, the former Christian Nicole Stewart, and to this union was born Baby Sidney. Here to share the third installment from the Sermonic series, Gratitude Matters. Please give a great big Connect and Fellowship welcome to Christian's husband and Sydney's daddy, Elder Christopher Barnes. almost embarrassing to admit not because it was 
so deep or intellectually challenging, but because of its simplicity, I thought I had my outline, I, I saw my three points, and I was ready to go. I got this. But then I got to writing that sermon, and it became very clear, very fast, that this was not the slam dunk I thought it was going to be. You see, what happened was is that I let the ease with which the points came to me fool me into neglecting my preparation process. Mm. And so I had to go back to the drawing board. Sometimes a thing can be so simple that we fail to give it the attention that it deserves. Mm. Life can get so unnecessarily complicated because we allow ourselves to believe that because an answer is simple, that it's not powerful or effective. Right. When NASA started sending up astronauts into outer space, they quickly dis- discovered that ballpoint pens would not work in zero gravity. Mm. Now, to address the issue, NASA scientists spent 10 years, $12 billion, okay. to develop a pen that not only worked, works and writes in zero gravity. It'll write upside down. It'll write underwater on almost any surface, including glass, and at temperatures ranging from below freezing to as 572 degrees Fahrenheit. The Russians, on the other hand, used a pencil. (laughs) Something so small, so simple, yet so stable. Now, beyond my pencils and beyond my sermon prep methods, I was invited to talk about simply one thing, gratitude, thanksgiving. You see, gratitude is a small, simple practice in life that we fail to give it the attention that it deserves. Gratitude has the power to set the tone and tenor in you for whatever life throws your way. Gratitude is an emotional physical, spiritual, and psychological regulator. It is the thermometer that keeps you cool when everything around you seems to want to go up in flames. Gratitude matters. And this text today is tailored to teach us that gratitude matters because while it is simple, that in the face of of the changing tides of life, it is a stabilizing response. Text tells us to give thanks in all circumstances, whether up or down, whether in joy or in pain, whether happy or sad, whether you ball it out of control or just flat out broke. When they hire me and when they fire me, when they didn't want me and when they all own me. When when Jesus ate with the twelve. Before he was crucified, the night before he was crucified, rather, before he broke the bread, which was his body, he gave thanks. Before he drank and passed around the wine, and which was his blood to be shed the day, the day after, he gave thanks. And after he was raised from the dead and was about to break bread with the two men he met on the road to Emmaus, before he broke bread, he gave thanks. Whether facing the agony of death or walking in the glory of his resurrection, Jesus gave thanks. Because Jesus understood the power 
in the simple things of life. That no matter what happens, what matters has not changed. Gratitude reminds you of that. Gratitude is a stabilizing response to the vicissitudes of life. When life is ever shifting and shuffling about, about, gratitude is the anchor that keeps you from drifting with the waves. Something small, something so simple yet stable. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say it is well with my soul. Gratitude matters. And so, if it matters, why do we not give it the attention in our lives that it deserves? I have an idea, but you didn't come to hear me share my thoughts. You came to hear God's word. So I'm going to let the text speak. And the text suggests that the reason Gratitude may not be a priority in our lives is that there are some restrictions. Turn to your neighbor and say there are restrictions. restrictions. Some restrictions do apply. (laughs) If you read the text, it's clear that the text has no restrictions in itself to the practice of gratitude. None. Zero. Goose egg. Donut. The text says... In all circumstances, all meaning ex- including everything, excluding no thing. So if the text says give thanks in all circumstances and we're not giving thanks in all circumstances, then there are restrictions that have been applied here where they do not belong. Now, I will say this again. If the word of God tells us to give thanks in all circumstances and us are not giving thanks in every situation and then what or who is restricting gratitude us we stand in our own way when it comes to gratitude we restrict ourselves from practicing gratitude how do we do this we let things like stress grief unforgiveness trouble on our job, loss of any kind, dictate our disposition towards God and life. And not because it necessarily feels good to do so. We do it because it feels right. It feels right to view a negative thing negatively. We feel justified in our silence as we grit our teeth and bear the storm. We decide to hold our gratitude until things get better. If we even remember to give God thanks when it does. Trust me, I I understand. I'm a new parent. It can get hard for us to see how to be grateful for what we're going through. But here's where the text meets us where we are. It says, in all things, Not for all things. You see, with just one simple preposition, the text frees us to be honest with what's going on in our lives while inviting us to practice the presence of God and giving him thanks anyway. 
I might not be thankful for what happened on my job, but I can be thankful in the fact that I have a way to provide for my family. I may not be thankful for paying a mortgage, but I can be thankful in the fact that I have a roof over my head. I may not be thankful for everything my loved ones do. I'm not looking at anybody. But I can be thankful in the fact that I have a village that has my back when I need them the most. I may not be thankful for the accident, but I can think I can be thankful in the fact that I'm still here. I may not be thankful for inflation, but I can be thankful in the fact that somehow I haven't missed a meal. Amen? I may not be thankful for all things, but God in his goodness has empowered me to give thanks in all things. Now some of y'all are one of y'all, you know, let's be honest, none of y'all might, might be saying, Elder Chris, hold up now. I understand that Paul was saying in all things in this text. But if you go a little further in Ephesians, Ephesians, the fifth chapter and the 20th verse, he tells the Ephesians to give thanks for all things. So, Elder Barnes, which is it? Well, let's look at that and see what we can find. First, let's look at when both these letters were written. Paul wrote 1 Thessalonians first, sometime in 49 to 51 AD in the first century. It's now 2022, so you know that's a real long time ago. <laughs> Paul then wrote Ephesians later on in his ministry, sometime in 60 to 61 AD, which could suggest that in the 10 years between the writing of these letters, there's an evolution of thought and faith mm-hmm. taking place. That where Paul may have started off thanking God in first in Thessalonians in all things, mm-hmm. he's seen God come through enough in 10 years to have the confidence in God to thank God for yeah. all things. Yeah. You may not be able to thank God for all things right now, but yeah. you never will if you don't learn to give God thanks yeah. in yeah. all things. Yeah. Somebody say baby steps. Yeah. So not only do we see an evolution of thought taking place, let's also look at the etymology of the text. The word that's being translated as for, for Ephesians, the fifth chapter, is the same word we know in the English as hyper. You know it. It traditionally means above and beyond, as in hyperactive, when you're active above normal expectations, or hyperbole. Hyperbole, where you're describing things in terms beyond what it actually happened to get a point across. But there is another definition for this Greek word that we know as hyper. It is extending benefit, help that reaches beyond the present situation. Y'all already know where I'm going. So when Paul tells the Ephesians, thank God for all things, he's really saying, thank God above are beyond all things. Because God knows that God, because Paul knows, rather, that God is the benefit, the help that reaches beyond the present situation. So when Paul tells Thessalonians, the back of my assigned text, to give thanks in all things, he's inviting them to a faith exercise. First John 
the fifth chapter and the first fourth verse says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. My thanksgiving, my gratitude is a declaration of victory over whatever life brings my way. Victory over whatever the enemy intended. Because I know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. So there ought not be any restrictions to our thanksgiving. But the text not only tells us to get rid of restrictions to our gratitude, it also gives us the reason for our gratitude. Paul tells the Thessalonians, the reason you ought to give thanks in our circumstances is that it is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It is God's will that I practice gratitude. His will. What is the will of God? What does Paul mean in this text when he mentions the will of God? Well, when we examine scripture, we can identify three ways that the will of God is expressed. Number one, we have God's perfect will. These are events that God has destined to happen and will and will happen regardless of human activity or choices. The book of Revelation in the chapter 13 talks about the lamb, Jesus Christ, that was slain before the foundation of the world. This is God's perfect will that regardless of what's going on in the earth, God has already determined that this event will happen. Before humanity ever messed up, God already had a rescue plan in place. His perfect will. But then, number two, we have God's permissive will. We have his permissive will that includes what he allows to happen on the earth through the choices of humankind. The permissive will of God exists because God is love. And, And wants humanity to share in that love with himself and each other. And you can't have love without the ability to choose. Otherwise, we'll be slaves and robots. But here's the last one. We have God's preferred will. And this is the will that is expressed in this text. The the preferred will is what God desires and what he wishes for humanity to achieve and embody and experience on the earth. As a matter of fact, this, this will, this preferred will of God is actually described as God's best offer to humanity. In other words, I ought to give thanks because gratitude is a part of God's best offer for my life. Gratitude is, is simply an offer that I should never refuse. Having an attitude of gratitude is God's best for my life. And when I experience turbulence, instability in my life, be it by God's design or other people's decisions, God has given me the stabilizing gift of gratitude to hold myself together while he's weaving it out for my good. Now, I know you're accepting this word of God by faith, but but there are some science back benefits to gratitude, if you don't mind me sharing with you. Got to leave with a little knowledge that backs up the word of God. Amen. Studies have shown that people who practice gratitude, they have an increased happiness and mood, and a positive mood. They are less materialistic. They have better sleep. Amen. 
They develop patience, humility, and wisdom. They are more satisfied with their with their jobs. And not saying they're satisfied, but they are more satisfied. If anything, gratitude can keep you sane while you look for a new one. Amen. Amen. I just want to let you know you're not stuck with your job. You can look, but you gotta be thankful in the process. Thankful people have better relationships. They have greater resiliency. They're able to bounce back from setbacks when they're having gratitude. And they are more satisfied with life overall. But even with those benefits you may or may not remember, I can leave with at least one benefit that you can possibly recall in a pinch. Growing up with my grandmother, saying grace before a meal was a given. And the way she said grace was peculiar. Some people would say Jesus wept as if they have any relation to food <laughs> or thanks. <laughs> Others would try to, I'm not trying to judge nobody. I know people grew up on Jesus wept. Yeah. If you're still there, God bless you. <laughs> others would, there are still others that would try and catch up on their personal prayer time. And talk to the Lord until the food got cold. <laughs> but my but my grandmother had one sentence she would say before every meal without fail. I mean, she said it so often that it was such a part of her identity that it never occurred to her to tell me that what she was teaching me was scripture. Mm. Later on, I would come across it on my own in my own Bible reading time and recognize those words as my grandmother's. Grace, when I was in college, she was losing her last fight for cancer and ended up being moved to hospice care. And my mom recommended I come down there and see her one last time. And while I was there next to her bed, while she was sedated, I felt led to read Bible and pray. And when I opened my Bible, she slowly opened her eyes and looked at me and closed them back. And then I proceeded to read that verse that she taught me as grace so many years ago. The verse is in several places in the Psalms, but I read it from Psalm 107. It said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And that's all I want to leave you with today. That ought to help you even when you don't remember all of the other benefits of gratitude. That when you're struggling with the low moments of life, that you can let the simplicity of God's word stabilize you and give thanks simply because he is good and his mercy endureth forever. That even with trouble in your home, you remember that God's still good and his mercy endureth forever. Even with inflation, eggs, $6 a carton. God is good. And his mercy endureth forever. Even when who you voted for is not in power. God is still good. And his mercy endures forever. Y'all see where I'm going. And even when you face death, God is good. And his mercy endures forever. Tragedies are commonplace. He's good. And his mercy endureth forever. All kinds of diseases, people, 
are slipping away. God is good. And his mercy endureth forever. The economy is down. People can't get enough pay. I understand. But he's good. And his mercy endureth forever. Now why is he good? Because he could have been me. Outdoors. With no food. And with no clothes. All left alone. Without a friend. Out just another number. With a tragic end. But you didn't see fit to let any of these things be. But every day by his power, he keeps on keeping me. So I say thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. For he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Gratitude matters. So let's get back to the basics. Amen. 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 And amen. Our Father and our God, we thank you. Oh, how we thank you for being good. Thank you that your mercy endures to all generations. I pray, God, that this word will take root in the hearts of your people. Give them a mind to give thanks. Give them a mind to give your name the glory. Give them a mind to want to live life better just by giving thanks. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another uplifting and inspiring message by Pastor Hubbard and the staff of Life on the Ship. For more information about our church, go to connectingfellowship.org. We are Connecting Fellowship, connecting people to Christ, church, and community. Thank you again for listening. Have a great week, and God bless you.